one-eyed cat, Odin, of Clan Thundercat, has required a lot of extra help lately. He recently lost a leg through a series of unfortunate events, all of which are his own fault. Fletch summed it up as, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. However, I feel it's more an object lesson on why you don't date rape your brothers. While I chose to have his damaged leg amputated, the vets at the specialty clinic could have saved it for $10,000. Oh, wow. That's our opening <laughs> shot from my co-host Jen Lancaster's memoir, Stories I'd Tell in Bars, which is available on iBooks, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, etc., and she talks about today's topic, which is a little bit disturbing, but it has been a good one for us, which is our pets and why we love them. Um, I'm Gina B, and this is Stories We Tell in Bars, our podcast, and I'm delighted to be with the other half of the we, Jen Lancaster. So let's talk about our pets. I Jen. am, this is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite subjects. Um, but let's, let's get some housekeeping out of the way. We are here with DJ Lee Farmer, who is providing our music, and... Uh, if you'd like to reach out and say, hey, we are on Facebook.com slash stories we tell in bars, or you can email us at stories we tell in bars at gmail.com. Yes. We, Gina and I, one of the big things that bonded us is that we are crazy pet people. Yes. You don't even have to have pets at the moment to be a crazy pet person. I think it's something that is just in your blood. Now, you you grew up with pets, didn't you? I did. I grew up, um, the first pet I had was a little Maltese dog named Bippy, <laughs> which is what happens when you let a four-year-old name oh, yeah. a dog. Don't do that ever, because you'll end up with some dog with a strange name. So Bippy was my little Maltese, and I loved her to death, loved that dog so much. And then later on, um, there was a Doberman they got involved. Um, They're big babies, aren't they? Yes. and But the Doberman, I'll tell you what. My mother, all she had to do was put me outside with that dog. And no one would push me on the swing. I mean, th- she would be able to hear if anyone was even close to the backyard. We had a fenced-in backyard, so nobody was coming in there. But right. even And people, it was the set. I mean, it was the 80s. <laughs> it was the 70s. No. But even, even my mom's friends would come over. And I'd say, you know what? Don't push me. What was the dog? What was the... That was Duchess. Duchess. Okay. Well, Duchess will kill you. Everybody had, I think, just about everybody except for me had a dog named Duchess when they were growing up. Yeah. Maybe Hot Money, one of our favorite authors, had a dog named Duchess. Yeah, Duchess was like the name. So two people I know. Yeah, the anyway, dog was already named. So was Duchess very protective or Super he just looked scary? Protective and looked scary. Okay. Protective and scary. Both. But I loved her. And uh, then later on, I got a cat, Cashmere. Was my cat. Was it a fluffy one? Not particularly. She's just really soft. (laughs) She wasn't particularly fluffy. (laughs) So naming has really not been your home run swing. It has not. It has not (laughs) been my fault. Well, I was a little, a little kid when I named Bippy. But Cashmere, I just, because she was the softest little kitten in the world. And so that's why I named her that. And then in adulthood, you know, when I moved, the first thing I did was go get Ellie. And Ellie was um, a Persian that my office manager at the time had to forfeit because her allergies or her asthma prevented her from keeping Ellie. Aww. And Ellie Bells is my, like, that was my little trooper. She was, she's been in every house where I've lived. Oh, that's neat. In adulthood. Yeah. That's neat. And then shortly after we had the Phoebes, Phoebe, who was a rescue found under a porch. And then we had Senor Bay, Bailey, um, who departed us a few years ago. So now I have no more animals, which makes me extremely sad. That makes me sad too. Yeah. I think, I, I think that, when you grow up with animals, it doesn't make your life doesn't make sense without them. Right. Like I, we got our first family dog 
when I was five, but we'd always had dogs in the extended family mm-hmm. before that. We lived, um, when I was born, we, I lived in a duplex. Our grandparents lived on the other half of the duplex, and they had this chow named Eric. And I think dogs were different in the Eric? 70s. Eric, yeah, because well, what else? Such would... a like person name. Anyway, go ahead. Oh yeah, no, my my dad was really big on naming dogs people names. Like so my brother ended up with the name Todd, and I always felt sorry for him because like all our dogs got the better names yeah. instead of instead of my poor brother. But Eric was he was very very independent. Every day he would leave my grand's grandparents' house and then just go for a spin around Wakefield Mass. Like people knew who Eric was. He would walk down to the lake. I think I think he was like the dog who would pass the butcher shops and they would come out and give him like a Frankfurter. Oh my god, Eric. Not was a hot shown. dog, but a Frankfurter because that was it was the 70s kind of vibe. And he was by himself? Yeah, he was just and no one thought well, this is weird. We can't do that. There weren't leash laws. They just, so Eric would just be out and about. So when I was five, we got, we went to the shelter and we adopted our first dog, which was a German shepherd mix. Her name was Samantha. I named her, um, because I was a huge fan of Bewitched because I was five and it was Mm -hmm. magic. And she was just a phenomenal dog for the 15, 16 years that she lived, never had a problem, never had an issue. So it didn't occur to me for a really long time that pets could be difficult. Hmm. I don't think pets started becoming difficult and expensive until I got into college. No, that's about, that's a pretty fair point. Yeah, they didn't. They were just things that you had. And I, I had no experience whatsoever with cats because growing up I had really bad allergies. So every week I had to get allergy shots. And our dog didn't bother us, but I would get around a cat and my eyes would swell shut. Yeah, so you've grown out of your allergies. I did. I did huh. because I, I – um, I had fish in college. Now, I actually no, saw exciting. a statistic where they track like how many freshwater and saltwater fish people in America have. Who cares? Yeah, you know, I don't. I had it, fish too, but I forgot all about them. If you could eat them, I don't count them as a pet. I'm sorry. I don't. I had tuna and flipper. Those are my two fish. <laughs> were they goldfish? Yeah, they were. Those are good names. And they got big. Yeah. Like, because they were, I mean, they were old. Like by the time tuna and flipper died, they were like easily eight years old. Yeah, I didn't realize that fish could live so long until I had fish in college and that I didn't take care of them. And they just lived for like five years. Uh I mean, in filthy tanks, like me forgetting to feed them. Goldfish are disgusting. They 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 are gross. They really, I have goldfish now Mm -hmm. and they are gross. Do you have goldfish now? I have, I have all sorts of fish. We'll get into why we got the fish too. Um, So I had never been around a cat. I had never in my whole adult life. I had never actually been in the same room as a kitten until I went to the fish supply store at like 25 years old and they had this big basket of kittens. They're like, kittens, $10. And I looked at this, I'd, I'd never seen one because I'd never touched one because they, they gave me such bad allergies. And I, I sort of bent down and this, this kitten climbed up my arm and sat oh. on my shoulders and I thought, well, I guess I don't have well, fish I anymore. Have you, right? So I, I took her in. That was Maggie. And then suddenly I found myself in college with like five cats because I thought, well, I don't have a boyfriend, so I'll just have every cat in the world. That was Maggie that I knew? That was Maggie. That was Maggie that I got Aww. in college. She lived until she was like 16. All of my cats, uh, with the exception of Savannah, who we lost early, have lived like... 15, 16, 18, 20 years. Wow. Like they are, they are in it for the long haul. Mm-hmm. But, um, what 
I learned from my childhood experiences is there are crazy pet people and there are normal people. Mm-hmm. We, <laughs> the Lancasters, are crazy pet people. And what's the differentiator? I think a willingness to tolerate really, really stupid things. Now, we we had Samantha, and Samantha lived until uh, basically until I got to college. Then we got Juno, who was this quiche hound, who was this big ball of fluff. And one dog was not enough for the family. We, we wanted more dogs. I was at school, but we wanted more dogs. So my parents, ado- um, not adopted, bought, and this, this bothers me, they bought a Great Pyrenees. And my father was this um, very busy executive type and he would never do anything for himself everything he needed done he would have his secretary do so i think he gave her the marching orders to find the least expensive great pyrenees there is out there so (laughs) and you you always the remedial Pyrenees. yeah yeah so you always get the the very best thing when you price shop when it comes to pets right um so they went to this like Amish puppy farm essentially. And they brought home this, this great Pyrenees dog and they named him George. So another like, <laughs> like real person name. Oh my God. That's so funny to me. Like we never why. had a Sarge. We never had a spot. We never had a Rover. Like they were like, if we they referred were to George or Ted, people just assumed that they were my brother. Um, <laughs> well, so, you liked him better than your brother. Right, you? right. So, because you hear the name Todd, you're like, oh, he's an asshole. And it's... Did you call him the Wad? No, we called him Toad. Oh, we called him Toad. No, we never called him the Wad. We called him Toad. We had a Todd. And, and he was, was Todd the Wad? He was the Wad. Like, you always think of somebody yeah. named Todd, like, chewing gum with their collar flipped. It's like, Todd has a very specific... Yeah. It, it comes the up with a very... Gum, the wad. Yeah, the yeah. Gum. No, it, it yeah. totally makes sense. Anyway, so they so they bring home George, and George is this puppy. Um, and George had, because he was overbred, he had, I don't know, personality disorder. Aww. And he was big. He was like 135 pounds, and he was floofy. Like, not fluffy, but like floof. Because I think floof brings the fur to like next level. Like, great big... He, massive, massive white dog, massive jowls, lost so much fur, and um, he was violent. Oh. He hated people, except for my father and me, which was unfortunate for my mother, who also happened to live in the house. Um, so George made it, oh, about a year and a half. He, he lived to be about a year and a half until one night, he, he had this terrible guarding instinct. Um, he was, he was crazy insane about guarding things. And the thing that he guarded was my father's recliner. Oh yeah. So if you came in the room and you went near the recliner, you were in trouble. So for a year and a half, like we couldn't have guests in our house (laughs) because we assumed George was going to kill them. You know, like he tried to kill my auntie Pammy and my father never really liked my auntie Pammy. So she came to visit us and she had to spend the entire visit upstairs. And I think... I think my father was in cahoots with this dog. Like, yeah, get her. Like, yeah, like, oh, yeah, don't, don't get her. I'm, I'm using, I'm pointing in my hand right now. He's like, oh, don't get her. So um, what, what finally sealed poor Georgie's fate, and he was a great dog, and he loved me. We were, we were compadres. George's pecking order went my father, me, himself, then everybody else. And again, unfortunately, my mother was part of that everyone else. My dad was on a business trip and I was out or working or something. And my mom went in the 
family room and sat in the chair. And then George sat on her and tried to murder her. Oh my God. Did he Frankly, bite her? Like what was, Oh yeah. He bit her all over the head. He, he really bit her in the head. But I think if he wanted to kill her, he would have. I think he was just asserting his dominance <laughs> yeah. and really, frankly, showing some of his good taste. So after that, that was <laughs> that was it for George. So George went to, to the big doggy park in the sky. Aww. So having Wait, had... you put George down? I, I didn't. I Someone put George down after oh, that? My, oh, yeah, that's the thing. In the Lancaster house, if you don't perform, you die. Oh, no, that's so sad. And, no, it's terrible. Oh, that, and, no. and that has really informed me in my adult life that, I mean, Fletch and I have talked on this podcast that everything my family does, we've done the opposite. And we, we've been very happy. So, yeah, pets had a real short lifespan in, in my parents' house if, if things didn't work. And here's the thing. They really did try to work with him. Um, they brought in a trainer that I think they called him, they called him Uncle Something because they wanted the dog to think he was family. Like, <laughs> oh, George is going to know if we call him Uncle, I don't know, what's his name, Uncle Blaine. So I would be upstairs, like, I mean, I was going to college and living at home at the time, so I'd be upstairs in my room, like studying, and I would hear them downstairs working with George and the shock collar. So I'd hear a squabble, and then I'd hear shouting, and then I'd hear zzzzt, and I'd smell like cooked meat oh, no. <laughs> upstairs when they were like trying to Aww. to get him to not kill people. But again, George had a very a very Poor short baby. run on the Lancaster stage. So my parents thought, well, if a big white dog didn't work out for us. What if we were to get an enormous black dog? Huh. Oh, that's that that's logical. Is, that is a tremendous idea. So we got Ted. Ted. So another, <laughs> another human name, and he was a Newfoundland. And they are they are gentle they're giants. Huge. Oh, they're massive. And oh, by the way, we had a swimming pool. So um, those dogs are made to rescue people from water, <laughs> and they don't really understand the concept of swimming pools. So he would. Like we couldn't have screen doors on our house because he would bust through all of them and and run out to the pool and dive on us and save us. And George was probably, or rather Ted was probably, oh he was probably 140 pounds full grown and he was also badly, badly, badly trained. So my parents were building this like shed in the back of our house, which now really could qualify as a house. tiny house <laughs> because it had electricity. It had a porch. It was like you could really kit that thing out so the whole summer that we were building it um ted every day would run out there and he would steal all the builders nails there was something about boxes of nails that really appealed to him so he would get them in his mouth and he would run all around the backyard spilling thousands of nails so I think the legacy in that house, which my parents have long since moved out of, is people getting tetanus in that yard from this rusty tails <laughs> in the yard. But um, but Ted was also so like badly trained, and he was very mouthy. Mm-hmm. So my parents took him back to the breeder after like a year. They put him down. So Aww. dogs don't survive Aww. in my family's house. So sad. And. It bothered me so much because these were beautiful creatures and some of them with more discerning taste than others. Mm. And I always wondered, like, like when, like when we had problems with them, I'm like, why can't we throw money at the problem? Why can't we fix it? And in the cases where dogs would get sick and then they would like, well, we put them down immediately. Right. Like, there's no treatment. There's no, there's no plan. Like, and I always wondered, what if? 
what if. So um, we are going to take our first break yes. before we get into the binge portion. And we're going to come back and we're going to answer the question of what if with pets you were to throw money at the problem. Well, that'll be an interesting topic. <laughs> See you in a bit. I, for one, am tired of being divided. We have individual DNA, multiple countries of origin, and sometimes radically opposing political views. But the one thing we all have in common? We all have skin. And whether your skin tone is dark or light, you deserve healthy, beautiful skin. And that's where Naturals by Gina B comes in. Our products are comprised of ingredients that you can actually pronounce. There are no parabens, no artificial fragrances, yet, we have rich, emollient, decadent products that will contribute to beautiful, moisturized skin that will last for hours and actually get better over time. So to learn more about us, please visit us at naturalsbygenab.com. Your skin will love you for it. I'm here with Jen Lancaster. This is Gina B. And we're in this really engaging conversation about pets where we're learning a lot about how the Lancaster household um, handled pets that... that Everybody dies. (laughs) That didn't behave. This is really fascinating because I didn't know a lot of these stories. Well, I think a lot of this just went back to my parents' philosophy on everything. If it doesn't work, get rid of it. And what was problematic and what bothered me is they tried almost nothing and then they had no solutions. And it was kind of kind of the way that they raised children too. So <laughs> well, again, they didn't put you guys down, so that was good. I think only because it was illegal. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's I mean highly because immoral. <laughs> my brother and I were, were were both problematic too. My brother with a bad name. Like no, we're just gonna save the good names for the dogs. <laughs> you know? Eric would have been a better name than Todd. So so yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. So I, I always had dog. I always had a yen for dogs. But mm-hmm. I, I think I feel like my my pet tank was pretty well full by ending up with six cats by the time I got out of college and Fletch and I got together. And the thing is, like I had all these cats, but then I had a boyfriend, so it was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they were really like my arbiter of whether or not Fletch was a good person because when he met me and he met all my cats, he was nice to them and not just nice to them when I was around, but he was interested in them. He engaged with them. He knew how to deal with them. He took care of them. And I thought this, this is a good man. And and Lee did the same thing with you. We had a massage, a couple of things. So first of all, Lee's very allergic to the pets and, but I wasn't going to get rid of, the pets so and when i met you you had some pet insanity going on here and i thought this uh, is crazy how does this work did okay so to tell the little story ellie was my first cat she i i ended up getting phoebe phoebe was a rescue everyone's a rescue yeah yeah um phoebe was found under a porch and she she looked like a high-end cat but she was not. She was like an under-the-porch kitty. She looked like she could have prob- probably been part Persian, but she wasn't. She had longer hair, and she was beautiful. Um, I met her a couple times. She was lion. fluffy. She was, she was fluffy. fluffy. Oh, yeah, she was so cute, and she was tiny on top of it. Lee thought that Phoebe was evil because Phoebe, <laughs> Phoebe really didn't like anybody but me. 
She was and discerning. She really didn't love Ellie. And the only reason why she dealt with Ellie is because Ellie was there first. She and Ellie didn't play, but they coexisted nicely. And so Bailey was an outdoor cat, street boy, and born in my backyard, as we'll find out as a theme right. later. Um, but what was cool about Bailey was that he was always lobbying to be a pet. <laughs> he was. So I would cook in the kitchen and I would have the back door open with the screen door and I would look over and there'd be this little kitten watching me cook. Oh. And it was so cute. Then I'd feed him. How do you not bring that in? Well, I wasn't really planning because, you know, Ellie had just, I, Ellie was really sick at the time. Ellie was in kidney failure. Oh, that's the worst. And then I had Phoebe, but then Ellie passed away and then I just had Phoebe. And even though Phoebe is more the problem child cat. So Bailey was like chilling on the porch and he was just watching me cook. And then this went on for a little while, and I was thinking, God, I really would like to do something with him. But I wasn't ever thinking that I would be the solution because I knew that Phoebe was kind of a problem. But one day he was limping. Oh. And I was like, damn it, now i got to take you to the vet. So I trapped him. Now you're him. involved. Now I'm involved because I couldn't let the little guy, you know, no. something was wrong. And so I trapped him. He was him. faking it in retrospect. Pro- well, no, he had a nice size, like, he had an abscess because oh, another cat dude. had bitten him. He was fighting because Bailey was a brute. Okay. And as you know. And so he had this abscess on his ankle. And so I took him into the vet. And it was so funny because I took him into Banfield um, PetSmart. Hmm, yeah. And I'd never handled him before. And I just, I trapped him with the tuna. He was none too happy to be in a cage for the first time, in a car, <laughs> in a facility. He was as good as he was going to get. Honestly, he was really a good boy. But he got into the examination room, and he just climbed all over the shelves. And they're like, is this a new cat? Like, what What have you brought in here? Is he crazy? Like, what? And I was like, no, he's wild. They're like, you brought a feral cat in here? I was like, yeah, but he's got this injury. And so they had to trank him to <laughs> examine him. But then after, you know what, though? When, when, when I took him in the first time, I was like, he's got his ankle injury. Cats are very stoic. He's not going to show it, but I, I've seen him right. limp. So I'm going to leave him here. But by the time I was done talking to the vet, he was just sitting calmly. They're like, oh, he's a good boy. Nice. I was like, he's a good boy. So long story short, I ended up with Bailey. Um, the problem is he and Phoebe weren't really getting along. So I had to separate them. So I had upstairs Kitty and I had downstairs Kitty. And I thought this was insane. I thought, who would ever do anything like this? Put a pin in that, right. by the way. Jen was, Jen was like, why don't we just put them together? And I was like, I can't do that because Phoebe is four and a half pounds. And she thinks that Bailey's version of playing And he is was assault. like 20 pounds. He got to be 20 he pounds. He was a monster. So when I brought him in, Bailey was like an, an eight-month-old cat. Uh, and he weighed about nine pounds. He grew to weigh about 17 pounds. <laughs> and a lot of it is because I was, I don't know, I wasn't feeding him a lot. But he just got to be, he was a big frame. He was a big boy. And Phoebe was a full-grown, full-grown five-pound cat. Maybe six sometimes, but really a five, a solid five pounder. And so Bailey wanted to play with her, but she thought that was assault. So she hated him. Like one day she stood in front of me and peed on the floor. And <laughs> the vet was like, that's her telling you, I don't want this cat around me. So you have to, they, I was, it was suggested that I rehome Bailey, which I didn't want to do. I didn't right. want to give up on him. So I just had one upstairs, one downstairs. Um, Bailey really had his own little room. Right. Was what it was. So when Lee and I started dating, Lee walks into... I've got two cats, and one was in this room, and one of them's, you know, so it's, it was just annoying. And, and Phoebe and Lee didn't really bond immediately <laughs> because Phoebe didn't really care for Lee. And Bailey was kind of in the room. 
So she was not evil. He's over here <laughs> mouthing that she's evil. She was not. She's the sweetest little thing in the world, honestly. Um, but she loved me. And then Phoebe passed away on Valentine's Day. I had to put her down because she had kidney Aww. failure. Probably about a year and a That's half. That's what does every cat in. We've lost so many cats to kidney failure. Yeah, because it's that high meat diet they have, and the yeah. kidneys can't handle it. So about a year and a half into a relationship, she she died. But how are you going to give ki- your cat broccoli? I mean, it you can't. And you know, with Ellie, I gave her IVs like you did for yeah. one of your cats. Um, but Phoebe, it just she went pretty quickly. So then Bailey ruled the roost. And so Lee and Bailey kind of bonded. And so Lee was nice to Bailey. Lee Did Lee Bailey. get all itchy and scratchy and it's around? After a while, he was good. And I mean, he lived with he. Bailey. He didn't just pawn him off to a shelter. That's what makes me. I hate everyone when it comes to not being responsible around their pets. I hate every single person that was like, "Oh, well, we're moving, so we're just gonna, we're just gonna dump the, the dog pet. in the shelter." It's like this it's is like, a no, sentient being. This is a family member. You know, you I mean, if if if. There's a few people that are like, okay, the dog is terrible around the baby. Okay. But then you, then you rehome them. You don't right. just, you I don't mean, just the dogs that, that get put in a shelter, particularly pit bulls. like get super like, depressed. Like, what is it? The statistics are ridiculous. Like, one in 80 pit bulls actually gets a home. I mean, oh. I, I, I've read, like, 1.5 million pit bulls get put down every year, and the, the reason I'm mentioning pit bulls is that now I'm crazy pit bull person. <laughs> yes, but, you are. But then, so when, how long did you have Bailey? You had Bailey. I had Bailey for 10 plus, because we had that play date, remember? Yeah, oh, yeah, tell everybody about our play date. <laughs> Fletch thinks this was the dumbest thing that we could ever have done, and he was We thought it was right. a good idea. Bailey, we thought that maybe Bailey was the problem with the Bailey-Phoebe thing. And so, Jen, your suggestion, because you had the five cats. I had a whole house full and of cats. Who were, who were the nicest? You had Bones and Tucker. Bones was wonderful. The big black cat, big black cat Tucker. Um, uh, very, very cool, laid back Jordan, this gray cat. Jordan. And Maggie, who is a calico. What and I Ranger? Think Ranger was still alive then. Ranger was yeah. this uh, little marmalade, little Ranger marmalade tiger. Not. She was not guy. so interested in people. She only loved but me. But we thought the boys would be good. Yeah, we thought the boys that, like, well, they'll be friends. Like, because so people have dog play dates all the time. So I brought the cat over for a play date. And that didn't go And you well. brought a pizza. The pizza I, was great. I brought great. a pizza and a cat. And it did not go well. And it didn't go well at all. And Bailey ended up in my lap the entire, the, the big brute was the big yeah. baby. He was unhappy. He did not care for it. No, I had to abort I had to abort mission and, and, and cut my visit short. And my assumption was that every cat in the world got along because they were cats and put a pin in that because that becomes significant that later. That becomes significant later, right. So fast forward, um, Bailey ended up running away. Billy got outside and decided that he wanted to stay there. And it was, he was a good 11 I'm mad at years him old. For that. I'm mad at him too because I miss him every day. And I, you know, even though it's been several years and I'm sure Bailey has met his demise because he was about 11 years old when he did no, that. Somebody scooped him up and brought him in this I house and he's it. just, he's got his face pressed up against the glass every day. Yeah, but Bailey was like, Bailey was an erratic cat. Like he was a lot to work with because you would pet him and then he'd turn on you and start uh. biting you. Like he was not an easy animal. I was afraid for anyone to really interact too much with him. Yeah. Because he would just bite you. I mean, he was kind of wild and he always was, but. I love my boy. Um, He's my baby. So I miss him every day. And I still look for him, even though I know that's irrational because it's been several years. I'm trying to talk you into getting a hypoallergenic cat, but Lee says there's no such thing. I would love to. Well, you know, Lee, who is normally the sweetest person on the planet, um, is is adamant about my not getting 
another pet, which I'm adamant that one day I will. Well, and I came up with the idea, well, you should get a potbelly pig. And then I was going to send oh, you a Lord. bunch of research about why this is a good idea. And there is not a single place on the internet that said this is a good idea. Does anybody have experience with this or is this just not a, a thing? It's a bad idea. Yeah, well, well, the entire internet agrees. Yeah. And I thought like, well, at least I could find somebody on Reddit or, you know, some, or Fortune or some place that, that, that's alternative and they're like, yes, do this. And every single person was like, absolutely not. Do not get a pig. You are insane. Yeah, it's not a good idea. Although I do miss like, I would get a pig to, in a minute. I miss going to PetSmart. <laughs> you know, I every yeah. time I go to Whole Foods, which is like above PetSmart, I'm always like, I wish I had a reason to go to PetSmart. Maybe I'll get a hamster, you know. Or, guinea pig. Yeah, I hate guinea pigs. Because they're filthy. They'll like shit and sleep in it. You know, they're gross. Oh. They sleep with their pee. Which I have I have ugh. no experience with any smaller animals. They're kinda I, dirty. Hamsters are kinda cool. I love I've had several hamsters. Hmm. But um guinea pigs are don't they not. just run in their little wheel all yeah, night that's pretty much what they do but they're cute you can take them out and put them in little balls they run around the house they're cute i just read something about how people with parrots are having to put them on <sighs> xanax because the birds won't shut up and they're just stressing them out they seriously they are so annoying parrots my mom they live friend, to be about 80 they do they live <laughs> not in the lancaster ever. house <laughs> <laughs> that bird would get put down in three or less no because they would be so annoying. My mom had a friend who had a bird first and then had a baby. And the bird learned to cry just like the baby. Ugh. So her friend would run into the room and it would just be the bird. She said, this bird's got to go. Yeah. Like, he was just annoying. And so I don't think I could ever have a bird. But. My, my friend has, uh, my friend lives on a farm and she has two just magnificent German shepherds. They're magnificent. And a cat who lives in a basket on her counter, which I thought was crazy until I'm like, well, why don't I just do that? You've so now we have, cats. yeah, we have basket cats now. She also has horses, but she has a parrot and the parrot can't stop fucking with the German shepherds. And the, ger the shepherds are like, the, the parrot attacks them. The parrot mocks them. Come on, that's a lot for a dog. The parrot is super annoying. So the parrot has a death wish, I think. Yeah. Just again, just move into my family's <laughs> home. Right. You'll be gone. Gone, done. Anyway, so so all anyway. of this this experience made me just really, really, really hyper tuned in to wanting pets, to wanting to take care of pets, to wanting to take care of things. Um, but Fletch and I, Fletch and I hadn't had our own dog we did have a dog that lived with us for about six weeks he wasn't ours it was one day when i was doing like staffing recruiting years ago like 1999 and i work with this guy michael who i absolutely adored and he and his fiance were about to get married and they were going to go spend a month in italy so one day we were um our boss had quit so we were just like home alone in this office so everyone was running around doing things all the time nobody doing their job and somebody found this old chihuahua <laughs> in front of the board <laughs> options exchange Aww. so of course they found it and they put it in a box and brought it in because that's what our office needed was this old like messed up <laughs> chihuahua with this crooked tail and crossed Aww, eyes and like super bitey so like my friend michael who was just the, the kindest like tender most tender-hearted person like fell in love with this chihuahua and he's like but we can't have him because we're getting married in two weeks and then we're going away for a month and i'm like this is going to be our present fletch and i will take him in we will get him up and running we will take him to the vet we will watch him for the six weeks that you were gone and then when you come back you will have this chihuahua so it's this little teeny dog so fletch and i got him a spiked 
her. Got her a spiked collar, one of those black leather spiked collars. And so we called her Spike. Like, this is going to, if it's going to be this little tiny dog, she's going to have a badass name. She was smaller than a lot of our cats. And the, the cats would make her nervous. So she would just sit on our couch tremble. and vibrate. Aww. But, but not tremble, vibrate. I mean, because chihuahuas are weird little dogs. They're odd. They're, I don't really they're love strange their little, honestly. They're odd. Yeah. So we had her for about six weeks. And that sort of got us accustomed to having a dog. But usually, like, we didn't even have to take the dog out all the times. If, if she had to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, she would just, like, take a little tiny poop on the bath mat. Like, pick it up with toilet paper, throw it away. It's no big deal. Right. So we were, like, we're like in our heads, we thought we were ready. So Spike ended up going home with Michael and Amy and lived, like, another six or seven years. Cause Spike wow. was senior when when she was found but she, uh, her name was Abigail and she had the best life ever with a million walks a day so this dog fell into like the garden like royalty land. Of, yeah it was yes, wonderful okay. they they worshiped and adored this dog so Aww. it was great so we were really glad to do that but um when they would travel at the holidays we would take Spike into our house and we were both really upset because Spike would take dumps under our Christmas tree we're like <laughs> you just ruined Merry Christmas, Christmas. <laughs> You're not going to have a long life in the Lancaster house. Right. I don't know why that's still funny to me because it was awful. <laughs> it was devastating. I hated it. And again, it informed everything. So in um, oh in 2001, I got laid off shortly after 9-11. And this became a whole thing. Mm -hmm. became a memoir. Like I talked about it later. But I had been an executive. And then suddenly I didn't have a job. So I didn't have anything to do. Mm -hmm. And after almost a year of being unemployed and me sending Fletch a thousand, this was back when instant messenger was a thing, a thousand instant messages at work during the day. He's like, y you need to find something to do because you're concerning me because I was running these, um, I, I subscribed to the Wall Street Journal and people in my building were stealing it. So I started running these elaborate sting operations where I'm like, I'm going to get a bag and fill it with Madagascar hissing cockroaches and put the newspaper in there. And then they're going to be <laughs> sorry, or I'll fill this bag with orange paint to match the bag. And then they'll get paint on their suit. And Fletch finally said, you know, it's, it's going to be Occam's razor. It's probably the maintenance guy who's throwing them out because you're unemployed. So you're not up at seven in the morning picking up your paper. And spoiler alert, that's, what happened? Um, yeah, the maintenance guy was throwing out the papers because I wasn't getting them fast enough. So nobody was stealing them. It was just, and it, it was, it was an just overzealous me. maintenance guy. It was an overzealous maintenance guy and a person who was up, you know, till three, four in the morning, like on the early days of the internet. Um, so Fletch said, I beg of you to find a hobby. I, I beg of you to find something productive to do with your time because you've done all of this job searching. Do something. Mm -hmm. So I, I went to the reader, the Chicago reader, which was, um, does the reader still exist? Yes. Oh, okay. I just, I mean, I don't live in the city anymore, so you yeah, don't pick does. up the free newspaper. Um, so I went to the reader and I saw this thing for this no kill shelter, come and walk dogs. I thought this is perfect. I will volunteer at this no-kill shelter. I will get exercise. I will have fresh air. It will give me purpose. Um, so I show up at the shelter for my very first day and I've got my, my fancy coat with the sheepskin, like my, my sheepskin collar, which is gorgeous. And I have these beautiful calfskin boots. And I find out that not only am I um, volunteering with these militant vegans, who, who do not appreciate when you show up in fur anything no. and an animal shelter, but I thought the dogs would like it. I'm like, it's fur. I'm fur. We're all, we're all together. <laughs> um, they thought that, that I was just this idiotic ex-sorority girl who couldn't handle it because um, the shelter 
was Pitbull Rescue. And they don't say that in the ads because they wanted people to show up and volunteer. Right. So I, I, I had no experience with Pitbulls then, and I, I believed the media hype. I had no idea that they weren't just the very best dogs in the whole world. Right. Like, you, had you been around pit bulls? Like, I, I'd never, like, like, I'd never even seen one until my 30s. Before Maisie, not, like, so much. I'd they weren't a thing. Maybe there was one, and I didn't think I really understood that, that dog was a pit bull. Because I thought that they were just alligators with fur. Oh, yeah, that's what you were led to that, believe. That was what I believed. Pitbulls. Yeah. I, I really... I never really believed the hype on these animals, though. Well, that's a whole different I had no reason not to. Yeah. I had no reason because not to believe it. Yeah, why wouldn't you? So so I start volunteering there, and then it's just... I, 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 I thought, I, I need to prove myself, because don't tell me I can't do something, because that's the one thing that will motivate me to do it. Absolutely. So I became this, like phenomenal volunteer and I became a trusted person and I could take all the dogs out and I fell in love with every single pit bull who was in that shelter. I still remember all of their names, like the ones that I just loved. And, um, it was like April or so of 2002 and these two black shepherds came in. They were brothers. They were super bonded together. I condensed their story in bitter because I I didn't want to explain the whole other dogs. Um, but these two shepherds came in and they, they, we were out of room to foster. And I think that this is something that's really relevant now because there are all these shelter pets that are going to need homes because of Harvey. Like all these cats and dogs have been rehomed. I've, I've written some checks. Um, so these two dogs came in and and the, the, the shelter director said, you know, can you please, please, please take these dogs? They're not pit bulls. Um, can you please just hold on to these shepherds for us? So we brought them into our place um, we called them Bull and Bear because we were training them on the Wall Street Journal. We were potty training them, and they were just these, th- like these thick, thick paws and these giant arms. And they were. Could this be my favorite wolf? This would be your favorite wolf. So okay. it. Um, I ended up introducing one of the dogs to my parents, um, who who they adopted, and. I was really good at picking dogs because the other do- the dog that I adopted in college, Nixon, I brought him home a few times and my parents decided, well, this one's ours. And I'm like, well, you're not going to kill him. And he ended up living, he was a Malamute Akita. He ended up living almost 16 wow. years, was my father's best friend oh, no. in the entire world. He was magnificent. His head was the size of a garbage can. But, but, and he was best friends with our, with our dog Juno. So like I, I was kind of okay with my parents. Like you, you just can't buy a dog. Right. But if you adopt the dog from a shelter, it's going to work out. So I brought, I bought Bear home, and my parents renamed him Bruno. And Bruno lived 14 years, had the best life in the entire universe. So not every dog dies. Good. I mean, they do eventually, but not every dog is. But not don't prematurely buy a dog. at the hand of your parents. Right. So we ended up keeping, we ended up keeping his brother, which we renamed Loki because you know Bull is not the best name, and. So we had him for a couple of months, and then this other litter of puppies, or this one really exceptional pit bull puppy came into the shelter, and she was so cute, and the the shelter said, you know, can you please, please, please take in one more dog? That's how they get you. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. just foster her. We we are foster failures, let me tell you that, because a dog (laughs) does not come into my house and then ever leave. No. Mm -mm. You know? So so we fostered this, this tiny pit bull puppy who I didn't, really like at first I didn't dislike her but she was so small 
and she was so loud and she was so demanding and I thought she was ugly. I thought she was an ugly puppy. So I told Fletch, we're going to call her Maisie because that is my favorite name in the world. So when we put pictures of her on the website, people are like, oh, what a cute name. I'm going to adopt that dog. And again, you can't bring pets into my home and Mm. not have me keep them. Mm. So Maisie is really what kicked off the entire second half of my life. Because I had her in my house, I thought, I don't want to go back to a nine to five job or really the jobs I had were like nine to nine. I was working all the time when I was working. I thought I want to be here with my dogs because I really love them and I love my life with them. What is it that I could do to find a way to stay home with them? And that was really one of the biggest impetus, impetus, impeti. How do you pluralize that? If you know how to pluralize that, let us know on our Facebook Facebook page. page. So she became the big impetus. She and Loki became the big impetus for me to try to find a way to make money non-traditional ways. And she's one of the biggest reasons why I became a writer. And Maisie is such a special, both of them, you know, you know, I love amazing location. She was the best. Um, so she had a very good life. Like every decision, like I understand people who have kids now and plan their whole lives around their kids mm-hmm. because that is really what we did with this dog. Every place that we moved, it had to be good for the dogs. When we finally bought our house in Lake Forest, we bought it because it was close to the specialty clinic because you seven built a pool for Maisie. We know that we bought the house with the pool because we knew Maisie liked to swim. Mm. So we got a house with the pool because Maisie was a swimmer. Um, So seven and a half years into having Maisie, she had this thing on her side. We took her to the vet and it turned out it was a mast cell tumor. So I took her to the specialty clinic because I figured, okay, if you can write a check, you can save your pet. It'll be fine. I took her to the specialty clinic and the oncologist was having a conversation with me and it's like words, 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 medical, medical, not consistent with life, words, words. I'm like, what? What are you talking about not consistent with life? Right. And like, oh, your dog's going to die. Your dog's going to die in six months. And that that almost destroyed me because this dog was my life. And she was young. She was only like seven, seven and a half years old. So I said, well, we're going to do everything we can to give her a good quality of life and to give her good treatment. And because of the treatment she got at the specialty clinic, because again, if you write enough checks anybody can be saved she eventually died more of old age than anything else she was almost 11 but she'd had two kinds of cancer and kidney failure mm-hmm. i mean so that's that finally is how we lost her and that was the worst like we just had the anniversary of her death um and it was the first time that it didn't just destroy me like that 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 day but we were able to save her now where you come into this story <laughs> is we got this diagnosis while we were in Las Vegas. So Maisie was boarded and like I'm across the country. My dog is boarded and I find out she has cancer mm. like the second I get home. And you had told me about what was in your backyard. Yes, we had we had brunch that day. You, Fletch, and I. And there were these kittens that were born in my backyard but they were living under my neighbor's porch because my neighbor has this nice kind of enclosed porch underneath. And they're probably Bailey's cousins. Yes. Because they look so similar to Bailey. And we're seeing now and Chuck, he looks oh, so, absolutely. so much like Bailey. But 
they would come over. And of course, you know, I can't help but feed anything, right? I see these little beautiful, cute, and, and then there were actually, there were four of them originally. You said there was like a little girl with them. There was a little girl, Aww. and she was always sick, and she would just lay. And so I had a, a box for her with like a little padding in it, mm. and she laid in there. And then I was like, please don't let this kitten be dead on my porch. And her yeah. mother had taken her somewhere, and I think she, she died because her mother was like this raggedy, like female cat who, who, you know, came to my porch a lot for food. Right. Because she knew me. And every morning I would go outside and I would say, cherubs. <laughs> and these three little kittens would come trailing from next door and they would come because they knew they were going to eat. And I was like, I've got to do something with these kittens before it gets cold outside. And I remember you and Fletch and I had brunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, just, hey, hey, if you happen to know anyone, because I knew that you had a menagerie. I was like, I got three kittens in my backyard in case you know anyone who would like them. And not even really thinking that that would no, come to pass. Nobody and Fletch thought. was like, yeah, hell no, um, at the time. And then I got this like late night email from you when you were in Vegas saying, we'll take the cats and the yeah, mother like, if you oh, can Oh, we're taking those cats. You get all of them and we will take them in. Yeah. Like, n- no one's dying thought. on my watch. And we, yeah, I said, get the mother too. And we'll, I was like, we'll I take them all. That mother. that mother is kind of, you know. But I was like, are you serious? And so then I waited until the next day. And I said, are you serious? And you said, no, I'm absolutely serious. Yeah, we dead serious. So I trapped these little kittens. And I said, okay, I haven't been anywhere near them because the vet said don't really bother them too much. One of them's got a little problem with his butt. And yeah. so then the other two. I mean, had a, had, well, Odin had the messed up eye. The, the eye, right. So I'm like, I'm giving her these defective cats. I felt so bad. So I trapped them and they were so mean about it. <laughs> I, and they were like six weeks. I'm like, how did something become so evil in six weeks of life? Like, I just did not understand that these are kittens. Like kittens are usually sweet, but they were mad about they were it. Angry at they you. were pissed off. Because so Fletch like, and I got here and yes. we, and cause you had that, you had the giant dog carrier You're for like, some is this reason. For a husky? Like, I was like, it was huge. I bought it cause I knew there'd be three cats in there. I still have it downstairs. <laughs> oh, you bought that? I thought you had it. No, I bought it. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh no, 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 you're right. I had it because I had to keep Bailey in it when I brought him in oh. previously. I, w- I would have taken the cats in, but I already had enough problems with upstairs, downstairs. When right, Bailey right. had a problem with his ankle, the vet told me he needs to be restricted from jumping. And so ah. I got that big cage because it fit a litter box. Right, right. That's why I had it. I didn't buy it specifically for okay. that. Okay, you're right. So y'all came over and got the cats. Well, I remember Fletch was reaching in. And they were... <laughs> Well, and one of them, I, I think, I think it was Chuck. One of them bit him really hard, and we were like, "Well, should we put some bourbon on it? Like, what, what can we do to bite you right. to, 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 to save this bite?" So these cats were angry, uh-huh. they were mean, they were violent, and they were sick. Yeah. They were all really, really, really. They were undernourished. They were covered in fleas. They were. Um, so we took them home that night, and the next morning we brought them to the the specialty cat care place because. Again, people are happy to take checks for pets. And I think anybody who's listening who has pets knows this. So they spent two weeks in the kitty ICU. (sighs) $6,000. Oh, my. And I felt so bad. I'm like, I have given her these defective... So we didn't, we didn't go on vacation mm. like for a couple of years after that, but it was worth it because I thought we're going to save these cats. And we found out like just the longer that they were at the, at the vet, the more things we found out that were wrong with them. Like Odin, 
was going to lose his eye. His eye was like four times the size of a normal eye bulging out of his head, which is why we gave him the name Odin. Um, so then we found the feline ophthalmologist, because those exist, and they were actually able to save his eye, so he's blind in one eye. But other than that, he functions perfectly. Poor little Gus had um, a prolapse. He basically had blown out his O-ring because he had had such right. bad diarrhea. Like, that's problem. the best way to put it. So Poor they baby. fixed that, um, and they have become, we call them the Thundercats. They function as one cat, the three of them. They are the sweetest, most loving cats in the entire universe, but we had to keep them Until separated. Until I come over. But they hate you. They hate me. They hate you because they think you're going to take them back here, I think. I think they do because those cats become scarce when I come over. They, and I'm so they, sad about it because I'm like, but but I fed you every day and I gave you this home. And what's funny is they'll come out for other people, but you they hate. I'm like, what And that is makes that me feel about? bad. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. That, that really does make me feel bad. Oh, ghetto kitties. So why don't we take a, a quick break and yes. then we'll come back with more problems. More problems with pets. <laughs> So, you still here? Haven't visited us yet, right? Okay, well you have time and I'm going to provide you with an incentive. If you want healthy, beautiful skin, just visit us at naturalsbygenab.com and use the promo code STORIES for 15% off of your first order. Once again, your skin will love you for it. See you there. and I am here with Gina B. This is Stories We Tell in Bars. And this is our last call segment where we're just going to talk more about what is happening with my crazy pets and why I'm a crazy cat lady. And again, I'm so happy to be married because otherwise that makes this all legitimate. I think if I were single and all of this were going on in my life, people would be like, you are you would truly be a crazy cat lady. No, and I, I know it's in my future. Like, I know that someday these guys are probably going to eat me. Not Like, <laughs> not this won't. iteration of pets, but at some point it's, it's going to happen. So... Okay, so the Thundercats are grown up, they are happy, they blended with the rest of the cats in our house very nicely, everything was going well, um, we've, we finally did lose Maisie, and I had just, I had just finished a, no, Maisie still, was still around, but she was, she was starting to wane, mm-hmm. um, and I had just finished a book, and here's the thing, like, when I write a book, I am going a hundred miles an hour for two straight months. And then when I finish a book, everything ends and it's, it's, it's too traumatic. I have since learned that once I roll off a deadline, I always have to have another project, whether it's, you know, painting a bathroom, whether it's planting a garden, I always have to have something to do because I can't go from zero to nothing because it makes me depressed. So it was, um, I was having my birthday dinner. I, Fletch and I don't really celebrate birthdays. We don't do anything big. So he, I said, all I want is a steak with goat cheese and a balsamic reduction. Just make the balsamic reduction. That's all I want. So we're sitting there eating dinner and I'm just, I had all these like weird emotions because I had rolled off of book deadline and I was probably like PMS or something. And Fletch turned his back on the balsamic glaze 
and it burnt. Oh, I remember And those that. things take 20 minutes. So we're sitting there eating dinner, and I just start crying. And Fletch is like, what? You're just, you're crying over nothing. Like, I'm sorry. Like, well, I'll make more balsa. Like, what can I do? And a little something clicked in my brain. I'm like, I want to go to the shelter tomorrow and adopt a cat. That's all I want for my birthday. And he's like, are you kidding me? Because at that point we had three dogs. We had like five cats. I'm like, that's, or four cats. I'm like, that's all I want. That's all I want. Because our our legacy cats, the cats I had from college, were all dying off. Mm -hmm. So they were all like 16, 17, 18. They were not long for this world. Um, So he said, will you stop crying? Yes. Fine. We will go to the shelter. So we went to the shelter and I said, I want to adopt two of your hardest (laughs) to adopt cats. What is like, what the hell? You said one. Two is not the deal. I'm like, it's the same thing. So we, we found these two cats there and they were both FIV positive, which would have been fine if we didn't have cats. So we had to go with our second choice. Now, when you go to the shelter, there's a room where there are 300 cats all hanging out together. They are sitting on window ledges. They are batting around little balls. They are having the best time. Mm-hmm. And when Fletch and I walked in, I looked and I said, that's like looking into my future. Like this room with 300 <laughs> cats. And then there are these two assholes in a cage by themselves something should have occurred to me like hey there's a reason these two idiots aren't with the 300 other cats who are basically like doing the cat equivalent of like riding bicycles and rollerblading they are having the time of their lives so i said i want the two hardest to adopt cats you have so i ended up with patsy and adina who um hate everyone and their sisters, their littermates, including each other. And they had been returned to the shelter a few times. And the shelter's like, oh, yeah, they're like five or six. So we brought them home, <laughs> and every other cat in the house hated them. And that flipped a switch in the Thundercats. So every day since Patsy and Adina came to live with us, the Thundercats have peed on something. Generally, it's laundry baskets. Yeah. So all of our clothes we generally have to wash twice because it made them so angry and we've tried a thousand times to bring them together and the first time we brought them together one of the thundercats slashed um slashed a gash in adina's leg that went from her hip to her foot fifteen hundred dollars yeah i remember that this is just again this is why we can't have nice things i think that's the purpose of of today's episode Mm -hmm. so the girls lived in a separate room Mm mm-hmm and I knew about this because Gina had had this experience. I was like, I told you. So now, Adina has since expired because the shelter was wrong. The cats weren't five years old. They were like 13 years old each. So we ended up bringing in these just like mean old lady cats that can't be around anyone. And then Adina finally died. And we thought, oh, Patsy's going to be so depressed because she's in this room by herself. No, she was Highlander. There can only be one. You've never seen a happier cat than after after we lost Adina. So she's thrilled. So we thought, okay, you know, we'll, we'll have... The cat's separate, and it will be fine. There's no more insanity be, to be had for us. But, oh, no. that There's always more insanity. So we after, after we moved to the new house, we had Loki, we had Maisie, and we brought in another pit bull named Libby, who is this brindle, who is the sweetest, nicest, bestest, happiest little dog in the whole world. And she and Maisie were best friends, and she and Loki were best buddies. And then we lost Maisie, and immediately I had to get another dog because I can't, 
have a dog in a shelter if I have room on the roster. Right. So we brought in Hambone. And Hambone is this little red pit bull who's the sweetest, nicest, happiest dog. And she and Libby were best friends for two years until Loki got to the point where um, he just wasn't the alpha anymore. That created a power struggle. These two morons turned on each other. Now they're afraid of each other. And for the last almost three years, it has been like a British sex farce in our house where one dog can't be in the same room with the other because they will fight. So now we have separate rooms for cats and dogs and separate rooms um, separate rooms for cats, separate rooms for dogs. No one can be together. There's just, there's like random pairings of who can be where. We've been working with the pit bulls with, there are actual behavioral vets. Again, you can write a check and solve anything. Absolutely you can. Um, Hambone takes Prozac. They're both happy, happy, happy dogs, um, but they can't live in the same room together. So we thought, well, okay, at least our problems are over now. Mm-hmm. And then Odin lost his leg. Yes. <laughs> Poor little Odin. Odin learned the hard way that you can't date rape your brothers because Odin is a little creep. I love him, <laughs> but he's a little creep. Um, and he is perpetually trying to rape his brothers. And something happened while I was at the gym and I came home and Odin's leg was broken. So I took him to the specialty clinic where I met with two orthopedic. Where they love you, by the way. Oh, that, they, there's a wing named after us. I think you us. funded, yeah. That, that we have seen um, surgeons there. We've seen oncologists. We've seen nephrologists. We've seen hydrotherapists. I took Phoebe this out is, there at your oh, suggestion. Yeah. Yeah, they are like, incredible. Oh, mom of Maisie? Yeah, that one. Like, I, I am, I'm really glad that we don't have children because they would so resent the pets that kept them from going to college because it's this is this is all we spend our money on is yeah. are these creatures. So I met with these two orthopedic surgeons and they, they said, you know, um, you know, his, his leg is broken in a couple places. You know, we can fix it. It's no problem. It'll be ten thousand dollars. <laughs> You're like, what's plan B? <laughs> like, so, and I, I've never, ever since I've been an adult, I've never had the conversation like, so what's the less expensive option? Because apparently, I really am a Lancaster. Like, right. at oh, least he's still alive. Right. So I said, so how much is it to amputate? And then they gave me this whole song and dance, like, well, you know, he'd be fine. He'd have to be confined for eight weeks. You know, we can save this leg for ten thousand dollars. Like. Mm-mm. What can we get for $4,000? Because that's exactly how much I have left in my bank account right now. So Aww. we were able to take his leg off for $4,000. Uh, I had had Achilles surgery a, a year and a half before. That was $10,000. So you can either have a cat's leg removed um, <laughs> or you can have your own. And that included nine months of physical therapy. So Odin lost a leg. He has never missed it. And, um, again, he's why our children couldn't go to college. So what we've learned today is there is nothing a check can't fix if you are a crazy pet person. That is so true. Wow. You are a cautionary tale. Yeah. So Lee sitting here, you, you, you're really anxious to get a bunch of pets now, like hearing these stories. Like he seriously is, is not excited, even though I still remain every day. I show him a cute little pet video and he's like that's nice but i mean here's the thing with pets they have taught me everything in the world about being patient Mm -hmm. about having compassion 
about taking care of another creature because at the end, I mean, Maisie was getting IVs twice a day, like like getting food into her, getting medication, like keeping her safe and comfortable and, and happy. Like I lived my life for them. So I'm glad to know that that's something that I have inside me because I didn't know it was possible. And they've given me more unconditional love than I could ever possibly imagine. That's the beauty of pets. I mean, it was the same thing. I, you know, when I was, I was giving Ellie IVs every mm-hmm. day because her And you had to do that alone. I always had Fletch. I had to do it alone. She was 17 years old Oof. and I was trying to get her to 20. Yeah. Um, Phoebe was about 15 and just, just couldn't do it anymore. And then Bailey was my challenge. He was my challenging boy. Yeah. Because like I explained, he had a very erratic personality. Like Bailey would um, bite. Mm-hmm. He was a big biter and he was defiant. Like if I told him <laughs> no, he would try to swat at my hand. Like, you're not going to tell me no. And I was like, boy, you, you don't live long in, in the Lancaster room. house. If you do that. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, what's the funniest thing. Bailey had the most impeccable litter box and food. Like he, he did not oh. try to eat any food that wasn't his. He did not. He, for being a wild boy, he was very well behaved. My cats are always well behaved. Do you remember though. the first time you had dinner at my house oh when I had a bunch God. of people over? I had made all this food yes. and we were in the dining room and Gina went into the kitchen where the food was. And what did you come out and say to me? I said, um, did you leave the chicken out there for the cats to eat? Because that's what's happening. They were all just <laughs> gathered around it. And then you got to sit there at the table and watch our old cat yeah. Bones. Every time I would take a bite, he would pull my arm yes, down because he wanted from below bites. the table to take Jen's fork and pull it so that he could reach it. And I was like, "Does this happen when I'm not here? Like, what what goes on with oh, the yeah. food in this house?" So yeah, she she goes a little crazy with the pets. I my pets are always well well behaved because I train them with a with a water gun. <laughs> I used to be able to pick Phoebe off from twenty feet. She was bad as hell. Phoebe was the cutest little thing, but she was like. She was my little ghetto kitty because yeah, I would look up. She's climbing the drapes. I'm like, get your ass down off of there. But she ended up being very well behaved too. Bailey was just a pervert. Yeah. Like I would be in the, the shower. It's the family because Bailey those are... would, it is the family. Mm-hmm. Bailey would be pressed against the glass of the shower watching me take a shower. And Lee would be like, get out of here. I'm like, he's a cat. It's not, what do you think he's doing? He's not putting it on YouTube. He's not doing revenge porn. He was kind of a little pervert, though. I would catch him humping Lee's jeans, and Lee's like, are you sure he's fixed? I'm like, he's making sweet love to your pants, honey. I never knew that. Yeah. I'm sorry if that was loud in the microphone. Yeah, it was pretty gross. But I did not know that. Yeah, he would hump Lee's jeans, and he would would really try and hump me. Oof. Um, Which, I, I swear, you know, that's establishing dominance, but still... Chuck will, Chuck Bailey's cousin, yep. our biggest cat, who is now like 20 pounds. Baby. He just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and wider. Chunk. It's like he's three times the size of his brothers. And we'll put, we'll put pictures up on our Facebook page. Um, he sits, he likes to sit at the breakfast table and clean his junk. Like, like what's <laughs> left of it. Like, so that's appetizing. Yeah, Bailey would do that too. So, so that must be a family trait. I th- it just creeps. So what is, what is our thesis statement? What's our summary? <sighs> our summary is, while there's no our substitution. Our summary is you need Right. It, I need to. Um, I just feel like there's no substitution for pets. And pets bring a lot to your life. They can be super expensive. Yeah. But they they really can be the loves of your life. And I think the other, I mean, the lesson to learn here is um, you can't put a price on unconditional love, but free kittens aren't free. No. Right. Exactly. <laughs> a free animal is never a free animal. No such thing as a free lunch. Anyway, so I think that this is, I think, 
I think that we have covered pets. I think we have. I think we have efficiently covered pets. So um, if you want to see more about our pets, show us your pets. Yeah. Come to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash stories we tell in bars. Yes. Um, I'd like to thank DJ Lee Farmer for providing our music. I'd like to thank iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play and SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Where else are we? So um, we are on all these great places. We're on all these great places. Tell us how Pod you found bean. us. Podbean, Podbean is our host. Tell us how you found us, and um, if, if you like what you hear, please rank us, uh, or what is it called? You can like us. Like us. Like us on Facebook. Yeah. But on iTunes... Um, give us a if, good rating. Give us a good rating, because that stars. is how other people find us. Yeah. And don't say mean things about us. Well, if you do say mean things about us, then... <laughs> Then it will hurt our feelings. I don't know what else to say. Well, send us constructive feedback if you like at storieswetellinbars at gmail.com. Perfect. And I think with that, we're done and you don't have to go home. But you've got to get the hell out of here <laughs> with your cat. <laughs> Makes me laugh every time. I'll keep every going. time. <laughs>